You're listening to a podcast from Billingshurst Family Church, a radical church family in Billingshurst and beyond. For more information and media content, please visit www.b-f-c.org.uk or connect with us on Facebook. Morning, everyone. I know you've all been welcomed already, but it's great to have everyone here today. Um, it's great to look out and see so many faces that I just think a year ago, just I wouldn't have seen. Um, and that's really exciting. It's good that we've got new members of the family, um, new people coming along to investigate what it is to be part of God's family. Um, and it's really exciting. I'll tell you a story. And it's a personal story, actually. And it's not, I'll preface it with this, it's not something to big me up in any way, shape, or form. But it is a story of, it is my story of how I ended up here, um, aside from the walk from the chair to here. Um, if we turn back the clocks to August Bank Holiday of 2013, BFC's first year at West Point as, as a whole church. The previous year, uh, John and Sam, John was one of our previous elders, uh, and Ben and Lou went down to West Point to investigate it and see about this church, BFC, becoming part of something bigger, something called Commission. And, but 2013 was the first year that we went en masse as a church. And it had a real impact on me and Karen. It, it really impacted us. There was something about... Um, well, I, I, I would consider it like the call of God in that moment, uh, in, in, in that weekend, where it was like, oh, okay, actually, there's, 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 God wants more of me than I've given him. He wants, he wants more of my life than I've given him. And I, you know, I was leading worship a little bit then, and uh, by that point, and you know, doing a little bit of leadership, but it felt, I knew, I knew in God, in my spirit, that there was more that God wanted from me. And, and so I did what you know, I'd certainly uh, commend everyone to do. And I know of other people in the church who did this as well. Similarly, I knew a call on their lives. And they went and they spoke to, to Ben. Um, or, and others were uh, noticed in the church. It's like, oh, they've got a real gift of leadership. Um, and time was put into them and, and me. Um, uh, but I went, I mean, my way of doing it was going to speak to Ben. I went and spoke to Ben in his office. I can remember sitting down on the sofa in the office and just sharing with him what I felt God had done to me, in me, whilst we were at West Point. Um, and uh, so I went and spoke to Ben and said, what can I do? I, I feel like God's got more, wants me to do more, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, it's like, can, can you help? What, what, you know, what can I what can I do? How can I serve? And so Ben offered to help me. And one of the things that I asked him to help me with was to increase my capacity. Because I always felt, you know, I didn't have very much capacity. I could only do so much. Um, and uh, Ben being Ben, those of you who know him uh, know that one thing Ben can do is increase your capacity because he can always give you more to do. Um, which was really helpful. You know, it gave us opportunity, it gave people opportunities to lead. You know, I got the opportunity to lead at New Day the following year alongside Ben uh, in, as being a zone host. And uh, the following year after that, he, he didn't come as a zone host. Uh, I went and led a team on my own. And it's this, these little opportunities that were given um, and like leading prayer meetings and stuff like that. You know, all these little opportunities to lead, opportunities to step out, um, times of testing, times of correction, you know, the times I got things wrong and, and, and 
you know, Ben would lovingly share with me uh, how I could do better um, in leading. And, uh, you know, another time we went to Berlin together and uh, visited a church out there. Um, but all these times of trial and testing and seeing how you're going, what's happening, and so on. And then eventually a few of us, you know, were classed as younger leaders at the time. We were predominantly in our 20s. Um, and uh, we, we went on to become members of the core leadership team. And where we helped carry the responsibility uh, for leading the church and taking it forward in the vision that was set. It was a responsibility uh, that we took on. And I remember, you know, we used to face the road back then. And I remember going up and being prayed for by the church um, to, through the laying on of hands and setting us aside for the work of serving the church. Um, and particularly through use of our leadership gifts. And, uh, you know, later on, after we, I served on the leadership team alongside some others for a while, um, Karen and I and our family went through a time of suffering and trial uh, with Ezra. Most of you know the story of Ezra. But it was a time of going through the crucible, you know, going through a time of refining and, t- and correcting and um, really testing our faith. Um, it certainly felt like a test. Um, but then eventually I was asked to step up into eldership, step into eldership, which is another role within the church, um, which is carrying a, a weight of responsibility for the church and for caring for the church and loving the church. Uh, so that's kind of how I ended up here. It was, uh, you know, I felt like there was a, a word of God in my life and I took it to the elders and said, what can I do? I feel like God's given me this this stirring, this urge, uh, what, what can I do? How can, how can I help? How can I serve? How can I um, help you do, do what you need to do? Um, so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about leadership. You know, at the end of the service today, we're going to be uh, praying for, for Dan and Chris uh, as they are stepping onto our leadership team, core leadership team. Um, and so it's pertinent that we speak about leadership this morning. Uh, so before I do that, let's pray. Um, let's just turn to him for a moment. Lord God, I thank you for your church that we are part of um, in this place, Lord God, and I thank you for the work that you've set aside for us to do, Lord. I thank you that our salvation isn't by work, but you give us stuff to do, things you want us doing. And I pray, Lord God, that you'd be working through me this morning that you'd help me to cut out stuff and add in stuff as you want me to, and uh, just help me to be obedient to your leading this morning. Help us all, Lord, to be obedient to what you're saying to us. Help us all to hear your voice and to act on what it is you're telling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So then, what is leadership? Paul writes in the book of Romans, in Romans 12, said it's a grace gift from God. Okay, leadership is a gift from God. Um, it's not an exalting gift or role. It's not something where you, you elevate leaders up here. Oh, how mighty are they? No, no, that's not, what, that's not what leadership is. It's not an elevating of people. It's a serving role. It's an act of service. If you're gifted with leadership, you're tasked with service. It, leadership is carrying responsibility, yeah, in part, 
but it's leading people. It's taking people somewhere on a journey. Um, there's a guy uh, who's written a lot of books on leadership. His name's John C. Maxwell. Um, and he says, he who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk. <laughs> yeah? You know, leadership, if you've got a gift of leadership, you're not using it, you're not a leader. Leadership is carrying responsibility and taking people on a journey somewhere. This morning we appoint leaders, we appoint deacons effectively, um, which is a word, you know, in some ways I'd like to rescue um, because there's these churches have used the words elders and deacons. There are churches in Billingshurst that use the words elders and deacons. Um, and you know what? We, if we look at deacons, um, well, it looks like at BFC. That's what we're going to do this morning. But I, when you think about deacons, I'm reminded of Acts, the book of Acts, um, chapter 6. And it says this. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic, the Greek-speaking Jews, against the Hebraic Jews, the Hebrew-speaking Jews, that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom whom we can appoint to this duty." But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. An exciting bit afterwards is, so the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to their faith. After appointing deacons, the church grew. So why do we appoint deacons or leaders? Well, as you've read, heard, it's a good biblical thing to do. Yeah, we're told to appoint elders and deacons. Um, and the church grows when its capacity to carry ministries grows. The more leaders we have, the, the broader the shoulders of those carrying the weight of the church. And uh, deacons are leaders at BFC who enable that. They're those of good reputation, those who are full of the spirit and wisdom, who are appointed by overseers or elders or pastors to serve the church. And at BFC, these deacons, these leaders, they're not just those on the leadership team. Yeah, we have a leadership team, and I'll come on to why we have that in a minute. But they're not just those who are on the leadership team. Okay, we, uh, tell you what, then if you uh, lead a home group, can you stand up, please? If you lead in kids' work, can you stand up? They're all out. <laughs> they're all serving in kids' work. Gemma, you lead in kids' work. Um, if you lead in the catering team. Can you stand up? They're already standing up. <laughs> Same people. Same people. Uh, Claudia leads. That's good. You know what? There's so many places where we lead as a church. Worship leaders even. We let worship leaders stand up as well. <laughs> um, yeah, take your seat, guys. You know what? These are all deacon roles. They're all leadership roles. They're all taking people taking a team of people and looking after them, encouraging them in vision and bringing them on in church life. Um, 
you know, there, there, are, there are so many of them, and there's so many more than I've mentioned. Um, but they're all things I'd see as deaconing roles, roles where people are leading people in a specific ministry, bringing vision and catching that particular ministry up in church vision. So it's good for us to appoint leaders. It's good for us to appoint deacons. Um, And we do have a core leadership team, and that's made up of some of these leaders. Um, If you're on the leadership team, can you stand up as well? There's another couple. So here's four of them. Oh, and I'm standing. Um, as well, Rachel's in kids' work, um, and uh, huh? um, <laughs> um, and uh, these guys give up their time at least once a month, uh, an evening, sometimes twice a month, depending on what I ask them to do, um, uh, to, to spend time praying and discussing how we're going to take the church forward, how we're going to reach out to this community, how we're going to disciple one another better. It's a, you know, a, a good role. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. And I'd say there's, Rachel's on there as well. She's such an asset to the team. Um, but uh, being a, a leader, she's out leading, uh, which is great. Um, and as a team, we have a, a couple of requirements, uh, specific requirements for its members. And that's uh, the first one is that they need to be actively leading people in church life. Um, you can lead yourself, and that's a good thing to do, um, and all of us should be doing that. But leaders have people following them. And uh, the leadership team, I expect everyone to be leading people in church life. Um, and uh, as I say, my expectation is that members of the leadership team have people following them. They're not going on a walk. They should be having people following them as a mark of their leadership. Another thing the core leadership team members need to do, they need to be caught up in the work of taking, taking the church forward. They need to believe why we're here. Believe the fact that we were put in this place for a reason, to reach this village with the love of, and grace and mercy of God. Another expectation I have on our leaders, core leaders in particular, uh, is they need to be in good relationship with the church. So it's all of us. There's been good relationship with all of us. There's been good relationship with the others on the team. There's been good relationship with the elders. Um, you know, BSC has two elders at the moment, which is me and Neil. Um, and uh, leaders in good relationship with them is really important because otherwise it makes friction and it makes things difficult. Um, and the other thing is they need to be in really good relationship with each other. There needs to be a chemistry in the room. When, when they get together, when the core leaders get together, there needs to be a chemistry, there needs to be a are catching up together and are moving forward. Uh, being able to have a laugh and a joke sometimes is one of the most important parts of being in the leadership team. Um, because if you, if you can't, it's just going to be a really sombre affair every week and you'll be known as the grumpy one, uh, which is never good. Um, so being in the, the core leadership team, there needs to be that chemistry where we can have a laugh and a joke. Um, if we look back at Acts... Six, you know, the people in leadership, deacons and so on, aside from the core leadership team, deacons and leaders at BFC, they need to be people filled with wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Yeah? You don't want to follow a bunch of people who are dry and burnt out and and just like, you know, just boring. Um, You know what? We want to be, they need to be people filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Who's seeking Him, seeking His leading, seeking His guidance which is so important. They need to be wise people as well. 
And you know, I know that in Acts it speaks about men and women choose men, but we know later on in church life there was a uh, a lady called Phoebe uh, in the book of Romans, chapter sixteen. Paul speaks of this deaconess, this lady who was a servant in the church, um, and uh, he and she was in a church near Corinth. Um, and the thing is, like deacon, I know it's sort of a word that we've banded around this morning, but deacon is from the, a Greek word. I don't like quoting Greek words too often, but it comes from the word uh, diakonos, or diakonon, depending on where it's being used. And, and if you hear it, diakonon, it sounds very much like deacon, doesn't it? And that's because it's a transliteration. It's taking a Greek word and adding it into English. Um, and that's where the word comes from. And it's a serving role. It's servant. You know, so we don't look to elevate, it's not an elevation of leaders. Um, you know, you don't elevate them because that's not their job. Their job isn't to be elevated. Their job is to serve where they're at. It's to bear some weight. It's not an elevation. It's, a, it's not a more significant role. Yeah, you know, we're all, we're all significant in the church, in the life of the church. Every one of us matters. It matters that we're here. But sometimes leaders are a bit more prominent because they're, they're taking the lead. They're doing what they should do. That doesn't make them more significant. We can all lead where we're at, and it's good to do so. Another thing, looking at Acts, you know, there's a public recognition of leaders. You know, there's a gathering them up, and there's laying hands on them and praying for them, setting them aside for a work. Um, it's a good thing to do. And that's what we're going to do today at the end. We're going to set aside two people to help us run and coordinate our work as a church. And then, you know, we can talk about leaders, and I know the buzzword is character, and it's a really important thing as well. If we look at uh, 1 Timothy, um, Paul writes to his sort of son in the faith, and he says, in the, specifically the part about deacons, I will preach on eldership another day. Um, but in uh, 1 Timothy 3, verse 8 to 13 says deacons likewise should be worthy of respect not hypocritical not drinking a lot of wine not greedy for money holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience they must also be tested first if they prove blameless then they can serve as deacons wives too must be worthy of respect not slanderers self-controlled faithful in everything deacons are bit to be the husbands of one wife managing their children and their own households competently For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. That passage there lays out the requirements, the expectations of a deacon in the church, a leader in the church. They're to be worthy of respect. They're to not be hypocritical or double-tongued, as the English Standard Version puts it. Not drinking a lot of or addicted to much wine. Uh, or any alcoholic drink. They shouldn't be greedy for money. A really interesting one is they should hold the mystery of the faith with clear conscience. Leaders need to be sure of their faith, of what they believe. It really matters. Because how can you lead people if you don't know? You need to be convinced of it. You need to be convinced of the work of God and the grace that he's given us to know him. One that I don't, I really hope doesn't apply today. Is they can't be polygamists. They can't have more than one wife if they're married. Um, they need to be able to care for their households well. Um, 
In the version I just read, and most translations actually translate it as wives. Actually, an alternative reading of the, the Greek is to say women too. Yeah, this is an exclusive male role. This is men and women to say that men and women should be deacons in the church. Um, and the other thing that that does as well, say women too rather than wives, is it means that actually you don't have to be married to be a deacon. Yeah? Men and women um, can be deacons in the church, can lead in the church. And leaders, deacons are to be tested. Um, you know, we remember in Luke 16, um, one of the great parables, it says, whoever has, is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. Whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. It's important that we're tested, that leaders are tested. And as we look to later this morning, we're going to appoint Chris and Dan as members of the leadership team at BFC. We as a church can take confidence their leadership has been tested. Their leadership has been tested. They have been tested through leading ministries, leading teams of people, looking after teams of people to fulfill a particular task. And the other thing they've been doing at my request is they've been sitting on the leadership team for the past year. They've been coming along to our meetings. We've had some meetings without them, just so we can talk about them and get some feedback on how they're doing, how we can feed into them. If there's things that they're struggling with, like being able to say, right guys, you, this isn't going so well, you've got to think about how you do this. Um, they've been tested, you know, it takes a real bit of humility to sit in a room knowing that the two weeks time all, these, all the other leaders are going to get together and chat about how you're doing. Yeah? That's putting yourself up for some test. Fortunately, we're a gracious and merciful church and a bunch of leaders. Um, we love these guys. Um, they've been also been given opportunities to take responsibility within the team, and they've done really well at doing that. They've done really well. So yeah, we are talking about leadership in uh, the leadership team at BFC. But as I've said, the role of deacon, the role of leader, isn't limited to those on the leadership team at BFC. It's another role. It's not hierarchical. It's not you know if we go the extreme version of it, which I despise it's not like you have lead elder team of elders leadership team everyone else that's not how it works it's not hierarchical no one is more important than the other we need everyone yeah we need all of all leadership at all levels yeah levels a bad word you know different roles we need leaders of different roles and it's good for us to have that and this role of leader, deacon, it's a role that's fulfilled by many in the family of the church who are caring for ministries, caring for and leading teams of people. And the other thing about leaders as well, I don't know if you've noticed, you may, may not have, but like, good leaders follow really well. Yeah, good leaders take the lead in following others. They, they show the, this is what it's like. Right, this is what it's like for me to serve. It's what it's like for us to serve as a church. This is how we serve well. Um, and uh, you know, and, and we're all good leaders. Recognise that they're under authority. Yeah, Jesus is like the highest authority. He's the over shepherd. Yeah, and then the Bible talks a bit about under shepherds and stuff like that. Um, good leaders recognise they're under authority and they operate out of that. And all of us should lead under Jesus as the chief shepherd.
So why, 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 do we, why does Craig keep going back to these things about the leadership team? You know, why have a leadership team at all? Why not just have elders and then everyone else? Um, well, there's two things we know about church, local church leadership, and that's that we should have elders and we should have deacons. And that's about it. We've got those who oversee and shepherd and those who serve and outwork the vision. As it is then, how we work out the rest of church leadership is up to those who shepherd and oversee the church. Um, we want to be as biblical as we can be, um, but some things we have to work out for ourselves. And so at BFC and for this season, we have a, a core leadership team whose role it is to ensure all ministries in the church are lining up with where we're going as a church. It's a group of gifted leaders who have good chemistry together, who together take responsibility for different areas in the church. Having a core leadership team is a good thing for BFC. It's a good thing for us because it shares the weight of leadership, shares responsibility, and gives us ways to feed that vision into the church. There are some dangers of leadership. And uh, I know Chris will listen back to this uh, later. Um, but Dan, something to think about. It's really easy for leaders to get puffed up and to think too much of themselves. It's a, those who have led for a while will recognise that actually it's quite a fight sometimes to not get puffed up, um, to not think too greatly of yourself. Another danger is that the people you lead get the wrong idea. It's not that leaders are more significant than anyone else in the church, uh, but it does mean they can tend to be more prominent. Um, but as a church, when we look at leaders and see leaders, you know, we need to be thinking, okay, well, we're not going to make much of them. We'll honour them. We'll look out for them. We'll pray for them. But don't make much of them, even though they're prominent. Um, and... Another danger is that the weight is heavy. The burden is heavy. Uh, and if carried alone, on your own, it's too big to bear. And that's just the reality of it. Yeah, there's a burden of leadership. It's a weight to carry. It involves sacrifice, a laying down of wants and desires in order to care for what you're responsible for. And for some, that, will be, uh, that for this time will be this church. And you know, it might be that... Um, you, lay, you sacrifice for the church now. It might be that you, uh, in years to come, if you're not married yet, or if you're not going to get married, or, or if you are married, or you're going to get married at some point, you have to balance the responsibilities of being a, a husband or a wife and, and, and being a leader in the church. It's a difficult balance sometimes. Um, leaders need to balance their responsibilities appropriately, to balance the weight of family life and the weight of leadership. And it's a challenge for all who attempt it. So there is a burden to bear. There's a responsibility. But praise God, thank God, that there is one who has gone ahead of us and promises us grace and mercy to help us when we don't get things quite right. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 11, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What leaders need in abundance is a life centred on Jesus on his call, his work, a life centred on the forgiveness, grace and mercy that comes by and through 
Jesus, leaders need to hold the mysteries of the faith. It doesn't diminish the responsibility, but having a life focused on Jesus makes carrying the weight possible because you're working in his work. In his church, people lead as deacons, as servants. His church, the one that he laid down his life to win as his bride, leaders who fail to trust in Jesus, to have faith in him for the weight of responsibility they're charged with carrying, will ultimately be leaders who find the work overwhelming. Good leaders are those who focus on Jesus, those who know to go to him when the work is hard, rather than persisting in their own strength. Good leaders lean on Jesus. Jesus has given us his gospel to share. We're charged individually and corporately to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. Leaders help us do this in an ordered fashion, to be more productive in doing the work. And shortly we'll be appointing Dan and Chris to that work. What I'm aware of this morning, though, is that you know, whether or not you've got title of a leader or um, whether you're leading in any way, you know, there are burdens in place this morning. We've come in here this morning off the, off the street, as it were, and there are things in our lives on our backs. Am I right? Yeah? There are things in your life right now that's on your back weighing you down. Just think about it for a moment. What are they? What burdens are weighing you down? Whether you hold a leadership role in the church, your workplace, your home, you know what, if you're a parent, you have amazing leadership responsibility in your home to lead your children well. Or whether you're a leader elsewhere, I'm pretty sure that covers everyone in here. You're likely to be here this morning with a burden on your back, maybe something around your ankles slowing you down, making you feel weary and heavy laden. Let me tell you that Jesus wants you to come to him this morning with your load with a back-breaking, incapacitating load that is too much for you to bear alone. Come to him. Come to him now. Come to him this morning. If you're feeling beaten down and heavy laden. Some of you might be, some of us might be sitting here this morning thinking, well, you know what, Craig, my burden's not that bad. I can cope. I can keep going with this burden because it's only a small weight compared to everyone else. It might be well-intentioned, but I think so often it's an excuse to hold on to the burden rather than to let it go. Rather than to give it to Jesus. And Jesus wants us to bring our burdens to him and to take up his yoke instead of our own. So I want us to pray this morning. We're going to take communion in a bit. Um, but I want us to take... Uh, if the banker come up, that'd be great. Um... I want us to pray. I want us as a church to take up his yoke. And I want us to pray for one another. So turning to people you know, people with the blue lanyards on, um, who are people that are set aside to pray. Um, Just grab them, ask them to pray. Grab a brother, grab a sister and pray for them. Um, It's often said that our sufferings, our burdens almost, are permitted so that through them we might glorify God. And and as well, so that we turn to him. 
Suffering comes, so we turn to Jesus. So let's turn to him this morning. Let me ask again, what burden is weighing you down this morning? Take a moment of quiet, and then we'll, uh, I'll pray. And we'll have some worship. Lord Jesus, you tell us to come to you with our burdens, with the things that weigh us down. Whether they're good burdens, you know, like things of leadership or um, looking after our families and stuff like that, or they might well be good burdens, good weights on our shoulders that you want us to bring to you. Or it might be the things that have happened to us. It might be negative burdens that we've got that you want to take, you want to bear on our behalf, Lord. You want us to pick up your burden, pick up your yoke. Oh, Lord God. So I pray that you would be leading us now, Lord. Open our eyes and our ears, Lord God, to the ways that you want to speak to us and, uh, this morning. Things, bring to mind, Lord, the things that you want us uh, to bring to you. Help us, Lord, to give those things to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in worship. Um, at some point shortly, the kids are going to return uh, and come back in. So just be ready for that. Um, but let's stand. Let's sing. And we are going to overrun slightly this morning because uh, we're going to appoint Chris and Dan shortly. Um, but the kids will be in soon. <laughs>